Pastor Marshall, for those of you that are new. Um, Pastor Marshall, welcome to Reignite Church. We're a young church. Our simple philosophy is love is the way we serve. Everybody say it. Love is the way we serve. Yes, we're going to love on you in all kinds of ways. From the moment you get in, we want you to know that God loves you best, though. And so we're in our third week of our series called, what? Anxious for Nothing. Anxious for Nothing. Have y'all ever had some anxious times in your life, some anxiety going on in your lives? Just, not just me, right? Anxious for Nothing. Our goal in this series is to help us put away our anxious feelings that we have. Oh, man, I've been having some feelings. I've been having some feelings. And so that's our goal. We want to be able to put that away. So so Lord led me into this four-week series. We're on week three of it. And um, I'm hoping that you are able to manage those anxious feelings by the end of this teaching. But this week, we're going to take a verse from Philippians 4, like we've been doing for the previous other weeks. And um, we're going to use an Old Testament, or uh, uh, we're going to use a an example from Paul's life, from Philippians 4, and we're going to use another example of a time that he experienced, and we're going to share the word with that, and we're going to learn from this historic example called Paul. Uh, So the context for where we're going today is that um, Paul is in a prison. i got to give you the context so you can understand the content. Paul is in prison. His goal was to always go to Rome. He's in a Roman prison, and he's not doing what he had planned he would do. Have you ever had a situation you thought by now at 40, you thought by now at 30, you thought by now in your marriage you'll be doing something a little bit different. Marriage would look a little different. Paul is in a place where he wanted to go and where he wanted to preach, and yet it's not looking like he planned it to look. Man. So he's writing from a Philippian to the Philippians, from a Roman jail cell. And he says this. He does the unusual. Paul says and writes the unthinkable. He says in verse 4, Philippians 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Paul says, rejoice always. And again I say, rejoice. So with God's help, I want to speak to you I can preach better now. My wife just showed up. <laughs> I want to preach for you from the, from the subject, the perspective of praise. The perspective of praise. So when Paul says rejoice always, it doesn't mean that things are always going to be good. But always means always, Marco. I mean, uh, always can't mean anything else but always. When things are good, rejoice. When things are bad, rejoice. When things don't go like you planned at at this season in your life, rejoice. Uh, This sermon, this series is for me first. I've told you from week one, it's for me first. I'm I'm a positive person. I'm the the kind of person that finds the treasure within the trash. I'm always trying to find a way to to make it, you know, to switch it and, and make things look good and look positive no matter what I'm facing. But at times I would find myself, going back to the summer, I would find myself waking up early in the morning and through the night and I would have these negative condemning thoughts. It should have been here by now. It should have looked like this by now. You should be healthier by now. 
I don't know if you're like me. And, and it made me anxious. And so I started searching for, for things and ways to, to find in Scripture to help me with my anxious feelings. And the Lord led me to this series. I don't know if you're feeling anxious this morning. I don't know if you had an anxious week. But I have a feeling I'm looking at some anxious people this morning. And I want you to know that when you're disappointed, rejoice. Uh, let, let me help you with that. We, we don't always know how to be uh, in a joyful mood. But let, let, me, let me help you with, this is what Paul meant, if I can, if I can help you with this this morning. Paul, Paul let's, let's say he, he said it this way. Always find a way to rejoice. Rejoice always in the Lord. Maybe we should just always find a way to rejoice. So uh, let me help you with that again. So when disappointed, find a way to rejoice. When things don't go right, find a way to rejoice. When cancer shows up, find a way to rejoice. When your parents disagree, find a way to rejoice. When they ran out and you feel like running after, Y'all don't want to talk to me this morning. Find a way to rejoice. When, when the student loans don't come through, find a way to rejoice. See, Paul says rejoice always in the Lord. And we, and we don't really understand the contextualized version of that. But when we say find a way to rejoice, then it, then it, then it sits in our lap a little bit better. From Paul's position in Rome, from the prison, how? Because I'm always asking the text. I'm always questioning the text. Lord, how could he find a way to rejoice? And the Lord helped me with that this week. He said, Marshall, it's a matter of perspective. Ooh. It's a matter of perspective. Um, uh, what, 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 is, what does perspective mean, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Perspective means how you see something. How do you see something? Yes. How you see something is a matter of perspective. I'll prove it to you. I have something on the screen I want you to see. And I want you to look at the image on the screen and tell me what you see. Tell me what you see. Tell me what you see. Two faces. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, two people. Y'all don't see the candlestick? Yes. Some see the candlestick. <laughs> One kid said it's a wine glass. <laughs> Who's your daddy? <laughs> you see the candlestick? You see the faces? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Looking at the image on the screen, what you see is either black or white. That's what you'll focus on. It depends on what you're seeing, what you're looking at. Uh, in the case, neither is wrong. However... We choose to focus on one more than the other. So some will see the, the profiles, the faces. Others will see the candlestick. Another kid saw a wine glass because he's hoping to grow up. And anyway. <laughs> but it's possible that when we find ourselves in anxious situations, church, that we focus on one perspective. What we're going through at the time, we're focused on that perspective. Now, we're not looking at it from God's perspective. We're looking at it from our perspective most of the time. And we have a natural tendency to consider just what we're going through from an earthly perspective. Yeah. But a perspective of praise knows this. 
A person with a, perp- a perspective of praise knows that we should never confuse a bad day with a bad life. Pastor, oh my gosh, that's my word. You came for that. Never confuse a bad day with a bad life because one has more impact than the other. Oh man, oh man, oh man. Paul could have focused on the day he got locked up and we have the tendency to focus on the day that something goes wrong and we look at it from that perspective and we don't see the whole totality of what God has for us. Man, 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 man. And, 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 and we focus on the day we feel like quitting. And, and God is saying, I have more. I have more. But either your past is worth the attention of your survival or your future is. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Henry David Thoreau said it like this. He said, it is not what you look at that matters. It's what you see. What do you see? Do you see a vase? Do you see the profile? Is it black or is it white? I feel a Michael Jackson spirit coming on me. (laughs) I'm going to reframe. I'm going to try to be good. We have guests. I'm going to try to be good. This isn't the first time in our Philippian text. This is the first time Paul finds himself praising from a prison. This isn't the first time. I asked the question, how could Paul find himself doing something he'd rather not do rather than preaching he's in prison? How could this happen? And then the Lord led me to another text where Paul was in prison and he found himself rejoicing. Oh, my goodness. It's about to get good. It's about to get good. Oh, man. In the book of Acts, Paul and Silas was wrongfully in prison. Y'all know the story. Got some Bible readers in here. Paul and Silas was in prison. Paul was going about his thing. He was on mission, right? Him and Silas comes across this girl. This girl had a, she was possessed with an evil spirit. Some say it was a demon. She was possessed with an evil spirit, but she had the gift, if there's a gift in, in, in being evil. She had a gift of fortune telling, and so the fortune teller, she would, she would work for these people. She was a slave girl. These, she would work for these people, and, and, and these men owned her. She would tell them their fortunes, and they would get wealth from it. So Paul and Silas comes across the scene. These are men of God. And, and she starts saying, these are men of God. I'm paraphrasing. These are men of God. And she's following them around. Men of God, men of God. After a while, Paul gets irritated, and he looks at her in her pitiful situation because she don't know she needs help. And he says, He calls out the demon and asks the demon to leave her in Jesus' name. But the guys got mad. The owners of the girl got mad because now she can't tell fortunes. Now she's been freed, and now she can't tell fortunes, and they get no more wealth. And so Paul and and Silas are, are getting ready to be locked up. But before they're locked up, they beat them, and they stripped them. They beat down their mental attitude. And I wonder... How many of you have experienced the devil stripping? How many of you have experienced the devil stripping away your confidence? The devil stripping away your praise. The devil stripping away and beating out your your joy. That's what he wants to do. But there's help for us this morning. There's help for us. The devil's usually successful with his stripping. But sometimes we find ourselves not in church. 
when he strips us. We're, we're on task for God, but now he strips our confidence. And he's usually successful. And he strips our joy. And he strips our peace. And we're standing wondering, God, I love you and I've served you, but why is this happening to me? And the devil would defeat you if it wasn't for your perspective of praise. Oh, man. Oh, man. Let me give you Bible for that. Let me give you some Bible. In Acts 16, 25, the part that you know, it says that around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. This is the, this is the other time. This is, this is what he had learned this, uh, this other time. Paul and Silas, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and, and the other prisoners were listening. Do y'all see that? I wonder who's, who's waiting and listening for your praise. Maybe God's allowed it to last long enough for somebody else, the right person to hear what you're going through, and you still praise God over it. Man, someone needs to hear your praise. Say, someone needs to hear your praise. But imagine this. You know, I always try to give you guys an example. I try to be a little simple, but cutting edge sometimes. So imagine this. Imagine this, Martine. Imagine, the text says it's around midnight. Imagine the lights going out. Mm. And it's dark. Text says around midnight. And I imagine Paul in this in this dark, dirty inner prison is having some thoughts like we do. And I imagine Paul in this dark late evening says to, pa, says to Silas Silas are you up? and Silas says yes yeah Paul I'm up and Paul says me, me too and then Paul waits probably and pauses for a minute this is my spiritual imagination at work here and then Paul probably just waits for a little minute it's dark, it's dirty, they're cold but his friend is up Imagine Paul just starts praying, God, I didn't plan to be here, but this is where I am. Lord, I love you, even though I felt like you've left me. And Paul is praying, and then his praise turns to singing, and then his praise turns to singing, and then his praise turns to singing. His prayer turns to singing, and Paul, Paul starts singing, and I imagine, I don't know the hymn that they sang back in those days, but I imagine Paul, Paul doesn't feel like praying. He doesn't feel like singing, but I imagine at this place, he felt no other option but to do what he knew to do, and Paul goes to singing. start listening. The others start listening, and the others start joining in. Church, would you join in? I, I left it I left it on the screen. He is here. One by one, they start listening. Maybe they start singing.
church, I want everybody to participate. We're going to sing this again. If someone's going through a midnight season and you're feeling anxious, and I don't know what you're going through, but you got to have a prayer in your heart, and you got to have a song in you. You got you to pull out. Some, sometimes it's not the fancy contemporary stuff that you got to pull out. Sometimes it's just one of those old-fashioned hymns, one of those old-fashioned deep-down hymns that's going to get you through the season. And I want us all to sing. church. I will bless his name again. This is how you come out of something. He is here. Listen closely. Hear him calling out your name. Yes. you look at but it's what you see and so Paul saw in his situation a dark situation and Paul said but I see the Lord in this situation too and Paul started perhaps singing a song like he is here I don't know what they sang I don't know what they sang but I know why they sang (laughs) oh my goodness and it says that when they sang suddenly in verse 26 Suddenly, Acts 16, 26, it says, Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. And the, and the doors, all the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. I said, the chains fell off. <sighs> Rejoice always. And again, I say, rejoice. The perspective of praise Perspective of praise invites God in. Some, someone said it like this. They said, God inhabits the praises of his people. God comes in to my situation, and we invite him in with our praise. Amen. Amen. So a perspective of praise opens our hearts to God like open prison gates. And he comes in. An example of this I found in, in the Old Testament. When you see the three Hebrew boys, the three Hebrew boys, Mac, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and a big Negro, Abednego. Uh, not everybody can use that. Not everybody can do that. But uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and a big and Abednego. <laughs> Try to get together. They had a perspective of praise, right? They had a perspective of praise. It was it was when King Nebuchadnezzar. This is Daniel three. When King Nebuchadnezzar said that uh, when when the, all the music is played, all the instruments are playing, everyone is to bow down, right? And 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 those three Hebrew boys said that they would they would not bow down because they were worshiping the true God. And then so the king got uh, irritated. He got upset. So he said, "I'm going to put you in this furnace, the, this fiery furnace." And he told them to turn it up, turn up the heat. And sometimes we feel like the the heat is turned up in our lives. 
And, but he said, turn up the heat. And so they put the, the, they got ready to put the boys in the fire, but the boys declared this. They had a perspective of praise. They said, we're not going to worship. We're not going to bow down. We're going to worship the one true God. But, and, and we believe that he's going to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, We need an even-if-he-doesn't perspective this morning, this morning. So back in the book of Acts, I found a mistake in the text. The mistake in the text was when the guards put Paul and Silas in the prison together. Yeah, yeah. That's the mistake. When the guards gathered them up and they, and they said that, you know, we don't like what you were doing and we don't believe in your God, we're going to take you and put you not only in prison, but in the inner prison, he brought the men together. And the enemy is upset every time that you go through something and you phone a friend and you look at the scripture and you get the, you get the God of heaven and the Holy Spirit to agree on anything, I still believe where two or three are gathered in his name, the enemy makes a mistake. It's cold outside, but he lets you gather. He brought you in here together. Oh, oh man. Suddenly, Suddenly, when we're together, my perspective changes. Praise saved my marriage, church. I told you that before. That's my testimony. When, when Tiffany didn't want it to work out anymore in three to five years, and I didn't know what to do, see? Yeah. I cried three days in my pillow, washed my face in the morning, and went to work. I cried another few days in my pillow, washed my face, then something came over me. My crying, my praying turned to prayers. And I said in my heart, I didn't say to her, I said in my heart, Lord, if I, if I don't get to keep her, I still keep you. And that's when it broke. When you have a praise like that, when you have a perspective of praise, and now what, what happened at three years, now we're celebrating 30 years in two weeks. Ow, girl, I love you. serve you. Before you go, I need to give you this. A perspective of praise means, God, I love you more than anything, and I'll serve you over everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's important, because God doesn't always deliver. Yeah, yeah. If, if you think God will always deliver, you'll be disappointed when you find yourself still in a situation that you thought you'd be over by now. <laughs> oh man, I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to help you with that. You, we, we need to understand that your praise isn't for what God does. Your praise is for who God is. And the baby agrees with me. Amen. I said again, your praise isn't for what God does. Your praise is for who God is. Yeah. And in Acts, God delivered Paul the jail doors went open and all the prison prisoners remained 
But in Philippians, our opening text, where we said rejoice, he didn't. God doesn't always deliver. But Paul learned that praise is the key that unlocks the miracle. Praise is the key. Praise him when my hands are tied and praise him when they're not. Praise him when the kids are good and praise him when I feel like letting them go. Praise be the Lord. Amen. Perhaps Paul knew something he learned the hard way. Have you ever learned something the hard way? You got the stripes to prove it. You got the scars, the bruises from the beating. Yeah. Paul learned something the hard way. Perhaps Paul knew that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Yeah. And this is this is what I want you to lean in onto. Lean into this church. Everybody lean forward. Let's move backwards. If the steps, this is what I think Paul learned. If the steps of a good man are ordered, so are your stops. steps of a good man are ordered, then so are your stops. Where, where you stall in a season, you can still praise God because if he orders my steps, he'll order my stops. And I might not be where I think I should be right now, but maybe God has you there to learn something. For me, I was at the same church as an executive pastor for years, and I thought I was going to take over the church. And I thought I was going to take it over. And God said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to send you off into the hills, and I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to get your attention away from your wife, away from distractions and cell phones and everything. And I want you to start over again and start another church. And I thought, no, God, I'm comfortable. They built an office for me. I have a closet full of suits. God says, no, stop. sometimes don't. <laughs> but if you have a perspective of praise, you will find a way. Everybody say, I'll find a way. I'll find a way to rejoice in anything and serve them in everything. Yes. Here's what you have to remember before we go. You can survive anything, church. Yeah, you can survive anything. Because you exist to advance the gospel. tell you this? Did you tell me, Pastor? All right, all right. He woke up. <laughs> oh, man. Your pain usually gives way to your purpose. Your pain gives way usually to your purpose. I know this because God didn't waste Paul's imprisonment. He didn't waste it. In Acts 16, it, con it concludes by Paul reaching the jailer, if you know the Bible, it says that the jailer heard and saw that every, when, when, God, when the earthquake happened and all the chains fell off and all the prisoners who were listening were touched and none of them escaped. None of them escaped. And it got the jailer's attention. That miracle got the jailer's attention because God was present. 
right? And the jailer asked the question, what must I do to be saved? And then the jailer's household got saved. And it said that even at that time, the jailer washed. It was about midnight when they started. But even at that hour, they started washing the wounds of Paul and Silas from the beating. That's why I'm, I'm concerned when someone accepts Christ and you say you love God, and yet you're not willing to do anything for him. Maybe because you have the wrong perspective. But Paul didn't, God didn't waste Paul's imprisonment. In Philippians, he delivered in Philippians he doesn't but Paul says I'll rejoice always and again he reminds himself and the Philippians he's writing to rejoice and this is what I found God used non-deliverance in Philippians he used him to write from that season. So your pain always gives way to purpose because God won't waste it if you have a perspective of praise. Will you stand with me? Before you bow your head and close your eyes, everybody looking right here, everybody looking right here, what if, what if, there was purpose behind your problem. Whatever the problem is, what if there was purpose behind it? Would you be willing to look from God's perspective and praise him anyhow? I believe if you're willing to look from God's perspective, not from your perspective, not from an earthly perspective, but from a spiritual perspective, I believe that you'll see I was anxious for nothing anxious for nothing. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? Father, I thank you for the preaching of your word. I thank you for the lifting of your word. I thank you that you can do anything but fail, Lord. And so, Father, I ask that you would help us, Lord, to, to understand what it means, Lord, to have a perspective of praise, to, to praise you in anything, to serve you in everything. Father, help us. Help us to always keep a praise in our, in our heart and on our lips. And Father, for those that are going through this morning, I ask that you, will, that you will bless, that they will see that you have another perspective for them, that they will have the, the ability and that endurance to keep going. Would you bless your people today? And Father, for those that don't know Christ, who... who who initiates this work in us, this perspective in us of praise. If they don't know Christ, I pray that they know Jesus Christ right now and they will see that it starts with him. God, you are the author and finisher of our faith. So help us when the devil is, is trying to come out, trying to come for us, to look to you, to look to Jesus. And I praise that. I pray and praise you for what you'll do in our lives. 